Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Love Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Miss Kev on stage, and I'm joined by my husband and co-host. The Kev on stage. And if you are new here, welcome. Welcome to a new year. Welcome to a new day. Welcome to new mercies, new grace. Um, I felt the need to add more to that, but I don't have anything else to say. So His welcome. His mercies are new every morning. His mercies are new every morning, and for that we are glad. Um, we are so grateful to be here on today. We'd like to give honor to God who's been in my life. Are you doing testimony, sir? Because it felt very churchy, did it not? It, <laughs> it felt did. very like I'm um, giving the welcome speech for the visiting church. Um, so today, or uh, what I was going to say is, if you're new here, we are a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness and a lot of other randomness. And um, we were scheduled to have a guest today, but unfortunately, our guest could not make it, but they will reschedule and then we'll have them back. So, um, what we're going to do today is have a conversation about triggers. And this is how it started because when the uh, the guests uh, told me obviously that he wasn't going to be able to, or they weren't going to be able to make it, I was like, oh no, so what are we going to talk about? And so I started listening to um, Oprah's podcast where basically she just, first of all, this is brilliant. What she does is she recycles episodes from the Oprah Winfrey show and mm. then condenses them to like the best segments and has fully created a Oprah Winfrey show podcast. I so kid you just, not. Does she pull clips from the show? or she No, just it's like the on? full. No, no, no. It is the show. The audio only. Is it any new audio? No. She'll start the episode like this is one of my show episodes that air April 20. But it's not even a highlight. It's like the actual like, this bro, is my like episode from April 21st, 1985, where we had this person on and we talked about this. That's what happens when you do two things. Let's One, get into it. Have a lot of content. Yes. Two, own it. Yes. You and go she, back and be like, do you remember She literally talks about, no, you don't. I've done the, the, um, the intro to the show is like I was on the air for how long was she on the air? 25 years? It was definitely over 20. I, uh, exactly I want to say 25, 20, 25, however long she was on the air. I've done over X amount of episodes. And I believe the Oprah Winfrey show was one of the greatest classrooms of all time, like something like that. And to the point where it's like, so I just feel the need to retell y'all how great I was by re-airing the how episodes over the last 25 years. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, they said Here 25 years. And I think it's fabulous. Episode. Episode. Because she runs ads on it. Listen, when you own it, you can get paid however many times I'm, you want. Listen, I and am key, I love Oprah. I did not watch her show in 1985. That's what I'm saying. I and that's, that's actually what um, I find the most, I don't know, intriguing is that we were teenagers really at like Oprah, Oprah, Apex. Oprah. Yeah. yeah. And so I wasn't really watching Oprah like that, like that. And so um, to go back. Black people love to do that repeat thing. And it makes the. No, know, like it that, makes a like difference. That. It does. Because you know what I mean? If Are I just I wasn't watching it like that, that might be shade. Yes. But like that, like that is like, I don't mean it shadily. I just mean like, I really just didn't really watch it. But in the morning I say, list you up. She'd be like, I'm up, but I ain't up, up. And that means like, I'm awake, but I'm not ready to get out of bed. Right. The day that means my eyes are open, but my body is not out of the bed. I'm sleepy, but I ain't sleepy, sleepy. What does What's that mean? mean? I'm tired, but I'm, I know I'm not finna go to sleep. I'm finna That's exactly what that means. Head. That's, you know what I'm saying? I'm hungry, but I'm not hungry, hungry. I, mean, I need something to hold me over. See? We be, we be knowing. We, there is an unspoken, 
I don't know what to call it, but there's just a black language that you inherently understand when you grow up black. This is why it's a hard time teaching people that aren't that don't grow up here like the Amer- the English language yes. because it's like what what y'all be saying? It's gotta make sense, man. Yeah, because bad saved, means bad, but, saved, but means... bad also means good. Yes. We were listening to the history of swear words, and they were talking so about funny. it's a great show. But also, they, oh, go ahead. Well, they were just show. talking about how like. The B word is derogatory, but it also could be like the most edifying, most uplifting compliment, but only that a woman can give another woman. Yes. I was just like the accuracy and only you only understand that like in context, though. What yes. were you going to say? I was just going to continue on that joke path. I'm say, but I don't I mean, say, say, I mean, I'd be like, I listen to Fred Hammond, then Flo Millie. Oh, yeah. Balance. But anyway, triggered. Triggers. So yeah, so we're going to be talking about um, triggers. Back to the Oprah Winfrey show. How we just went all around the, the mulberry it, bush. The mulberry bush. Um, I mean, so, it's the mulberry bush. Ain't the mulberry bush. Mulberry bush. That's not okay, a that's thing. That's the only time it doesn't work. Yeah, that doesn't work. Doesn't so work. it's called literally the Oprah Winfrey show, the podcast. I, I'm like literally not playing. Hilarious. And so I. Uh, because I listen to a lot of random podcasts. So the title of the episode for anybody wondering is called How to Save Your Marriage. It aired in February, on February 27th, 1989. It was a two-parter in February 28th, 1989. And I, I t- told you guys I'm not lying. These are like April 3rd, 1985. When did her show start? I don't know. Dang. We need a fact checker. We this don't is have when one. She was, this is before she was on the Miracle Mile. Back yeah, you can tell because her voice is still really high pitched as well. So anyway, I didn't listen to part one. I was listening to part um, two and they have like these couples on and they're talking about like 1986. So we were three. three. And what was Josh? Not. Not alive. What was Becca? Since they want to know 90s R&B all the time. What were they? Nothing. No, no, no. 1986. That's actually true. Thought and bopping. That's Thot they was. Well, Greg, you was alive, huh? Alyssa, you was alive? I was, was alive. I was a whole alive. three years old. Angel, was she alive? She Angel was 25 was, at the time. You stupid. <laughs> no, she can't. But she go can't. Ahead. What happened in Which is so funny because Angel be like, I was born in the same decade as you guys, but you guys will put her in the 70s in a minute. <laughs> 60s. In the 60s she in a minute. Martin. Although... <laughs> It, when I said, when I, what did I ask her? Was she a, a baby boomer? <laughs> I couldn't think of the generation between the baby boomers and us, which I guess is she really our generation? Anyways, we're not going to have the conversation. No, they kicked her out of millennials. So she is the generation before, right? Yeah, but it's not baby boomers. We always have this conversation. Yeah, it, I think it's Generation X because we're Generation. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, no, 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 I think X. we're Generation yeah. Yes. Yeah. My kids are Z. So what am I? X. Anyways. No, no, so this is the point. We're millennials. X is. No. Different. X and millennial are one and the same. Oh, you always have this argument. I know, and you're always wrong. No, because Google triple it. H. Google triple it. H Google it. Google it. H is generation. I'm trying to. Girl. I'm trying to tell you, you're gonna be wrong again. We what is generation? What is generation X? That's the year. That's before us. That's the generation before us. Because it was on that Time magazine. Yes. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Hold up. But what is Generation X then? That's that's Angel. Are they the baby boomers? No. Angel, no. The baby boomers is be, the year before that. No, it says the generation born after the baby boomers. 
It's roughly the man. early 60s to late 70s. Our but you said Angel. Angel, the, the general, the general, no, Angel really isn't a millennial. She literally is generation. No, X. that's why I'm confused because I think she really is our generation. She's, she's on the cusp. She got kicked out. Uh, millennial starts in 81 and ends in like 97. This says end date in 80. That's why Angel's out. And our parents were born in this time with Angel. My my mom was. My dad was not. Yeah. Okay, we're good. And then your dad's technically a boomer. It's 81. We're millennial wise. Okay. Girl, I we just talk. I know, <laughs> but my confusion was Angel. It's always my confusion. Because no, I could be wrong. I don't mind being wrong. My confusion was Angel. Angel is literally like right with us, but she's, she's on the cusp. I like I, born I, in I group Christmas. her with us. She's yeah, she's us in every sense of the world. Ex- yes. Right, right, right. We are, yeah, and that's why. Josh that's why I don't like being music. called a millennial. Correct. No, no, no. Not even. I think millennial. I think y'all. That's us. No, we do. We already do this every time. Every time Becca's here. (laughs) Let's talk about the Oprah Winfrey podcast. Okay. Be 10 minutes in. You fussing over Angel being 75. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So anyways, I was listening to the podcast and the guy on the podcast said, uh, the gentleman that was like the therapist, so to speak, what he said was... Triggers are triggered in the in your relationships, but they are often rooted in childhood. Okay, say that one more time for the people in the back. Okay. Triggers are triggered in relationships, but they are often rooted, or he didn't say often, you get it, but they're rooted in childhood. Yes. Listen, my therapist, all she does every session is, is find out what issue I have uh-huh. and connect it back to something that happened when I was a kid. Literally, somehow, it seems everything comes back to childhood. Childhood, how you were raised, <clears throat> your birth order, how you were this, the thing your parents said, poverty, you know, how you saw the world, some interaction that was maybe not all childhood, but even like teen mm-hmm. stuff. Even things you and and the crazy thing is, I thought it was going to be all traumatic things, right? And it's not always everything traumatic. Like a conversation I had with my dad, and he didn't mean no ill will, and I didn't take it as no ill will. When I needed uh, my first apartment, Mm -hmm. I've I've talked this about this before. My first apartment, I got an eviction notice on my first day Mm -hmm. because I didn't know they wanted the rent on the first if it was a Saturday. So I was like, surely I can pay on Monday, right? I was a little late. Um, so I was like, dang, dad, I need money the first time. But he was like, the world only cares about you as much as you pay your bills mm-hmm. on time. That somehow got in my mind and stuck. And then like two or three months later, I was short 200 on the rent. And he was like, I'm gonna give it to you this time and I'm never helping you again. Yeah. And it wasn't on some like, I don't have it. It was more on some like, I'm about to move to Spain. Mm-hmm. You gonna have to figure things out on mm-hmm. your own. So those two things happening within the first six months of my apartment ingrained in me, no one's going to help you. Right. Which was... Uh, and here's another thing my therapist says that I'm really trying to grasp. Some parts of your personality are good. Mm-hmm. They're just not good all the time. Mm-hmm. So ambitious Kev on stage was built out of that. Yeah. I don't need anybody. And not in the negative sense, but in the sense of like nobody's going to help you, which was very valuable. But Kev on stage studios Kev that he can't coexist coexist mm-hmm. with that Kev. Right. So I need to use that when I need it. But now in this next phase of what we're doing, I need more Kev on Stage Studios, which is 
I need the help of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So, so, but a lot of times I try to take mm-hmm. nobody's going to help you with your rent, Kev, into you do need help, Kev. Right, right, right. You know, but identifying those things is really important. So that's the only way you can really do the work is knowing where that comes from. So you can say, okay, that's that part of my personality that I need to either adjust or or curb depending on the situation. Like, and I'm gonna say this and you can talk. She was like, you can be a shrewd businessman. And I thought that was bad. She was like, no, Mm -hmm. sometimes you gotta lean into that. Mm -hmm. But you just know when you're doing that because you need to, Mm -hmm. and you don't do that all. If you don't do, she calls it shadow work. If you don't identify those parts of yourself, then they take over without you being aware of and therefore in control of. And if you can identify them, then you can do that work um, and and operate in a better thing because otherwise you end up passing all that off yeah. to them children because you ain't do your own work and now they don't know why they messed up because you said if you're either first you're last yeah. that's really example of it yeah it is if you ain't first you're last Ricky Bobby taking that personally and his dad being like I was high yeah you could be second third fourth hell you could be fifth <laughs> and being like what, what? but that that's how that's how we internalize things. So one of the things that you were talking about in this is the shadow, the, if you're not doing your own shadow work, you'll often pass that on to your kids. And that's how, uh, in the Bible we call it, or in the churchy world, they're called, they call it generational curses. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, um, careful, you will pass down those type of characteristics, attributes, mindsets, whatever, whatever to your kids who then will pass it on to their kids. Mm-hmm. And before you know, you've have a whole entire family bloodline, it seems that are all struggling with the same type of yes. things. So you do have to be really, it's really important, especially when you're talking about a legacy. I've been thinking about my legacy a lot lately too. Like what is the mark that I want to leave on the world when people think of or say my name? What, what, are, what, are, what are the words and images that I want to have people think of mm-hmm. and make sure that I am working to that end every single day yeah. in my life? Um, before we move on, I want to also talk to you guys about the importance of establishing a daily routine that will benefit you not just today, but throughout the week throughout the month and one of those things is establishing a ritual by incorporating ritual into your daily routine what is ritual first of all first of all first of all if you don't follow me on the instagram that means you didn't see our amazing ad that we did for ritual shout out to joshy gaunt mm-hmm. shout out to kev on stage shout out to creative ideas coming together and pulling it to off miss kev on stage yourself also. it was really really good but ritual is a daily multivitamin that you can take it it contains no sugars gmo synthetic fillers or or artificial colorants, not to mention there are no animal byproducts at all, so that makes it vegan friendly. Ritual is formulated with key nutrients, including vitamin D3 to help fill in gaps in the diet. You'll always know where your nutrients come from thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain now available for both men, women, teens, and they have something for um, uh pregnant women. Uh, ritual multivitamins are specifically developed to help support different life stages. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin. That's why Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash love hour to start your ritual today. One more time. That's ritual.com slash love hour and you love will hour. get 10% off during your first three months. Shout out to Ritual. Nice. That was pretty good. That was a good one. That was the best woe you've ever woed. 
Um, okay. So one of the things that you said that's really, really, really important is recognizing your triggers. And so I recently finally started my journey on therapy. Yes. And um, yes, it's been work. it's doing the work. Do the and work. it's so funny, though, because. What she said to me, my work is almost the opposite, I think, of most of the m- your work, maybe. I won't say most people because I don't want to make that whole generalization. Um, but she said, Melissa, I almost think that you are too self-reflective. Mm. And actually, she didn't say that. She said, Melissa, you are too self-reflective. I'm working on being more direct with my words and not beating around the bush to soften things when it's unnecessary. Yeah. So, which would be an overly self-reflective moment that I just had. Yeah. You'll be around the bush. You want to be hard. So anyways, um, and so the, and what happened was um, I am actually working on my triggers, which I had started before therapy. It was one of the things that I recognized I needed to not only be able to identify, but work on the skills in order to overcome them in the moment. Because you can't necessarily um, prevent the triggers from happening, but you can have a skill set that allows you to like, I can still function without yes. having an attitude. And so that's what I was working on even before the whole therapy thing started. And so she had me download um, this app. It's called Mood Kit. Obviously not sponsored here. But shout out to us if you do want to sponsor us. Okay? Fantastic app. And what you do or what she has me doing in there is like writing out your or writing out my triggers. Mm-hmm. And then it has you kind of um, go upstream and downstream of the trigger. So... What led you to that trigger? What kind of thoughts and emotions or maybe the circumstance or the conversation that led to the trigger? Yeah. And then what thoughts did that trigger produce after? Okay. So it's kind of like a wound so like to tune. like in real time? Yes, of what's going on with the trigger. And so as I started, um, uh, do you want me to share the... Um, of course. You know where I'm going? Mm-hmm. Okay. Real time... Real relationships. Okay. As always with the love hour, we're not telling you the things that we conquered five, six years ago, but more five seconds ago. And not also they are conquered. They are just happening. We are we are we are opening ourselves up to works in progress so that you can open yourself up. So um but stuff. Are you in on it? Okay, so <laughs> what happened was after she started uh started me on this journey. And this is why she said it. I was like, so, you know, you had me doing this. And I started thinking to myself, what if I did this? Because I felt like this might be better and more effective. And she was like, actually, I'm really glad you did that. And I'll get to the that in a minute. Um, But I also want you to work on like being more present in the moment and like not being so heady. Because what happens for me in my self um, reflection is that like in real time, I can thought myself so to speak out of being present in the moment and being present for me looks like just you know engagement and like you know enjoying the conversation Mm -hmm. I start thinking about literally it could be like how should I respond should I give a hug should I be sad should I put my hand on their shoulder like literally I start doing that kind of stuff and it takes me out of the moment all the way to you're talking and I'm like oh so that affects me like this, which means I should probably do this, which means it affect my kid. Like it just starts taking me to all these different places. And so she's like, I just want you to start being like more present in the moment and not getting so caught up in the head part of it. So anyway, I say all of that to say she gives me this exercise and in my self-reflection, I think, you know, what would be great. And like what would make this a little bit better is if instead of writing all of these triggers down, if I'm able to have the conversation with Kevin in real time. Let me tell you what is hard. 
and I asked for this. Yeah. Real-time conversations about things you just did while the emotions are still fresh. That is marriage 3000. This is graduate level PhD studies marriage. Because it takes another level of like. It's on both ends. Yeah. Go ahead. It is on. I mean, just to piggyback off what you were saying. That Clubhouse. It is. First of all, I was saying that before Clubhouse. <laughs> How about Clubhouse piggybacked off Dropping me? Dropping gems right here. Some heavy hitters in the room. One mic. One mic. <laughs> or do you be on the Clubhouse List, like that? Focus. I'm focus. sorry. Okay, my sister. I I got I got us off. Okay, bring us back. Um, So what happened is that, or or to piggyback off what you were saying, is that um, it is difficult on both ends. It is not only difficult on the hearer, um, and sometimes that's me. To be honest, we're both doing it. You know, one to each other. Um, It is also also difficult for the person who is speaking yes and the reason why is because number one it's it's vulnerable and the more i understand what vulnerability truly is and it's really just the opening up of yourself anytime you do that i'm starting to become uh acutely aware of ooh, this is uncomfortable Mm, ooh, mm. this is like a super like exposing transparent thing that's about to happen and it makes you scared nervous anxious on what the response will be and that's where the vulnerability lies yes i think and you often uh you think so much you think if i say this what he gonna say if he gonna say this i'm not gonna say this so then you end up sitting with stuff Mm -hmm. i want to say two things one have you ever seen inside of kangaroo's pouch no okay you would think it's fur and then fur Think, think about vulnerability. I saw a video the other day about a kangaroo's pouch. When you look in there, you there? it's I'm going to tell you, it's their body. Like it's their, it's you're in there. Like that, their insides are exposed. Oh, meaning their internal. Their internal rib cage. Oh, really? So you think that, oh, I'm going to peek in there. It's going to be, it's really vulnerable in there. Like you could get hurt, blah, blah, blah. Like you're really that much closer. That's what I think about vulnerability. You think it's just this little pouch and it's safe in there but actually when you peek inside that's mm, you mm. they're very they're very much exposed yeah by letting you peek inside there and that's what vulnerability is i remember the other day i don't know exactly which story say the whole analogy vulnerability a lot of times you think it's just a peek inside that but just letting somebody in that much your whole insides are exposed i want to add to your analogy okay. it is also allowing someone in because you got to put that little baby in right. there. And as soon as you get in, there's no protection. No, you in. Yes. And so you're allo- exposed and, and which, it's dangerous. And it's dangerous. And yeah. so allowing someone the opportunity where you're going to open up this pouch, so to speak. It's like, okay, now you need to be careful you up in there. You can hurt me. Because you can hurt me. All my vital organs are edible sheep. A word. All of my vital organs are now within your reach. Mm-hmm. They're all, will, you can't hurt me literally because I've let you in. And that is scary. Go. <laughs> so what yeah, is. Yeah, the, the vital organs kind of got me because I started literally thinking about like your heart. Yes. Um, yeah, get it. What's hard about doing this in real time? You, you get to triggered and this happened the other day and I'll let you say what you're going to say. Lisa triggered me. And I said, okay, I'm going to go doo-doo. <laughs> Why I'm going to take my switch in there. And I'm going to stay in this bathroom for an hour. 
okay, which I did. Played my FIFA, really think about, you know, and I sucked because I'm starting my career over and my guy sucks and my team sucks. So that actually didn't help. Mm-hmm. I was just playing my season. My character was 38. He was a 91. He was winning 7-0. to zero. That's So it wasn't giving me the relief I got. I finished due to it, and I take me a shower. I said, I ain't done processing. <laughs> take me a 30-minute shower. Alyssa came in. I said, I'm out. <laughs> Soon as she came in, I'm out. I'm out to shower now. I'm done. <laughs> then we sat down next to each other in the bed, still thinking, thinking, in about two hours from the trigger moment, we've been doing this thing, relationship check-ins. Good or That's bad. That's where I went to the mood kit thing. Yeah. Relationship check-ins is just where you want to say, hey, um, I, I, until last night, I thought they were all bad. But you can be having a good day and still check in about something that's outside the relationship. But anyway, so I brought it up to Melissa. I said, hey, when this happened, it made me feel this way. And obviously, she was aware of it. Mm-hmm. And we had we were able to go back to a relationship check-in we had I don't know, a day or two ago, mm-hmm. two or three days mm-hmm. ago, and to um, say, here's how that made me feel. And Melissa say, here's how that made me feel. Mm-hmm. And here's what I conveyed, uh, or here's what that conveyed to me. Melissa apologized. I said, hey, I'm going to work on this, uh, you know, how to handle this better. But even like sometimes, I, and this is silly, but we just going to be open. Mm-hmm. It is so hard to even bring it up because we, you had, Melissa usually says, hey, do you want to check in? And it was my turn. So I said, okay, I'm literally like doing the inside version of my head doing this. So this is what I would do when I have a hard time saying something to Melissa. I would be like, and this is random. I'd be like, I'm going to say it in 17 seconds, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, in my head, 10, 9. Eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. I'm gonna say it in five more seconds. <laughs> five, four, three, two. In three minutes, I'm gonna say. <laughs> I literally can do that for five minutes, and then I just be like, I was laying on my back. I said, when we were on the phone, and this happened, you said this. I, I, this is what I was trying to do, and then you made me feel like this. And she said, oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Here's what, how this made me feel. And we worked through it for about 30 minutes. And then we go, you go to bed better, yeah. you know, on, a, but it is not easy. No. And that's why I say it's often, it's vulnerable even on the person's end to have to like share that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that is extremely vulnerable and uncomfortable and not often what you want to do. But I recognize that that is how by not saying those things, it chips and erodes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, at the um, armor of a relationship. Yes. And so erosion is a great word. It for is that. a great word because it is. This l- is cracking me up. Sorry. It's little by little. Yeah. Erosion happens. Yes. And if you're not paying attention, next thing you know, you have the dog on Grand Canyon. Right. And that's what is um, the important part is that you have to go through life and into your marriage, knowing that every day you have to protect that armor. You have to go through, shine it up, coat it up, whatever you have to do to keep mm-hmm. it in pristine condition, because if you don't, it will slowly erode. Just uh, you think about weather and how it slowly things start to rust yep. and then it starts to chip away. And then before you know, it's like, what? I don't even know and how this hole got here. Something rusting. Right. That's what I, all of a sudden there's a hole and you're like, when did this get here? Yeah, and it was just the slow erosion. And that's, you know, the thing about that is it's a small hole here, 
also a small hole here and a small hole here and here. And before you know it, the holes get bigger and they start connecting. And now you have a hole. That is good. A hole. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? After I said no, that, I was that's like, good. it's a little something more profound. In my uh, in my need to be a little less serious, I'm struggling to find good words. This, this oh, podcast man. episode. No, that makes a lot of sense. You got a little crack in the foundation here. And Greg know about this. And a little over here. And if you don't, then make connect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you done fell through your bottom floor. And now right. it's like the city going to take your house. Right. Like what? I just had a little bit of trash. And it's always it always starts off with just a little bit. And that's why, you know, when you see people in divorce, they always got incidents from 20 and 30 years prior. Always. Yeah. Something. And it's because they weren't addressed in the moment. Before we move on, um, let's cut to a ad. Skillshare has a tutorial for you. It is the place for creatives and the place for people like me who just consider themselves a forever student. Mm -hmm. They quite literally have everything. You follow me on my YouTube channel, you know that I'm on a journey to learn as many things as I can on Skillshare. We've done drone stuff with Joshua. I've made cookies. I've done a, a productivity class. I've done all sorts of things uh, on their platform because it just literally has some of ever- I've done blogs, um, how to write a blog post on there. They quite literally have if you need to learn it, I assure you it's probably going to be on their platform. It's really great. Why? Number one, it is ad free. Yep. They're constantly updating their platform to include premium information all of the time. And with an annual subscription, their membership is less than $10 a month. Yes, they are sponsors of the episode and they are also sponsors of Miss Kevin on Stage. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash love hour and get a free love trial hour. of premium membership because we don't do nothing basic over here. That's Skillshare.com slash love hour. One more time, Skillshare.com slash love, love hour. hour. Boom. At the end of every ad, I will be doing the woe. Is that what it's called? Not, well, I don't know what you're doing, but. This isn't the woe? What you're doing is the double dutch. <laughs> Listen, tell them Large Marge sent you. you, you. <laughs> Why did Greg say that's, that's how old black people re- If you take the steering wheel down this way, you old. Let me I just go ahead and hit it. I want you guys this. to know that I hate all of you in this room. Okay. So the point of these check-ins is allow – it's both parties. It is to um, help – what I find for my triggers especially, especially as I'm doing the analysis of what what led to the trigger, the trigger itself, and then what did that trigger produce in terms of the feelings that I felt afterward, mm-hmm. is that those feelings for me, they linger and they um, compound. Mm-hmm. That was very honest. That was good. Okay. I, 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 from the person who be compounded, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so by uh, allowing myself to get it out, it helps to create a different storyline, or at least it helps to challenge that storyline that I can tell myself after the trigger happens. Listen, because if it's unchallenged, your mind is going to agree with your mind. Oh, absolutely. And then you just more Melissa's be like, mm-hmm, then girl. And then remember when you did this? And remember that? Mm-hmm. And you can get with this and you can get with that. And if you if you open it up to discussion, 
oftentimes, at least in our relationship, you realize the intention wasn't that. Right. And then it takes that like um, it takes those other layers off. Yeah. Because you realize, matter of fact, a lot of times the intention was the opposite. Mm -hmm. And now the most important thing. Now, watch this. You got to get this. Okay. It, you, the, the partner hearing that, internalizing that, and adjusting. Because what's helpful for us is not, and obviously it's not going to be perfect. You're mm-hmm. going to make the mistake here and there. But now I'm made aware, I'm made aware right. of, because I'm trying to figure out how we can share one. I, can I share this one that was most recent? Okay. Yeah, the, where you're going is fine. Okay. So I was, uh, we was on a business call, and this comes from the difficulty of, yeah, Melissa yeah, yeah. having her own job outside of me, me having my own job for still the large portion of our marriage mm-hmm. and life. Working together is new. Working together this close is even newer. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened, we was on a conference call. And in my mind, I'm trying to make sure I'm cognizant of not dominating the conversations, leaving space for Melissa to have her voice and for that voice to be heard, seen, and valued mm-hmm. by me and by the other people on the calls. Yeah. So one of the people on the calls asked, and obviously me and Melissa are the owners of the company, so they the sign-off has to come from us. Mm-hmm. So in an effort to give Melissa the sign-off, they said, hey, are y'all okay? Honestly, it was the first phase of the building. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They had all this doggone budget. This is where these tweets have been coming from. Mm-hmm. And me and Melissa looking at the number and looking at each other, and it's like, Jesus. I mean, we've been preparing for this, but preparing and having, having to sign off is two different feelings. Yeah. You know, we did everything right. We we have it. Mm-hmm. But then you have it, you got to spend it. So they asked, hey, are y'all, are y'all ready? And uh, we need an answer. And I say, Liss, right? And Lissa, <laughs> Lissa admittedly mm-hmm. uh, snapped a little bit. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'll talk when I'm ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little laugh. Everybody laughed. People on the other call don't know we have marriage problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bad marriage for life. <laughs> that was funny when they did that. You I don't have to hit my hand. It's fine. So Kev is triggered. That's what I'm finna do. Okay. So after the end of that, because in my mind, and this is what is compounding on me too. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I'm like, you going, because your own hype man is going to hype you up. Right, right, right. My hype man is telling me, you trying to leave space and be cognizant and do that. And when you go out of your way, right. make sure. <clears throat> I'm just walking through my feelings. Right, right, you right. You go out of the way, make sure, and then she going to snap? Okay, bet. See if I leave space again. There ain't going to be no space. going to be all park, 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 park. So... In my head, I'm going over like, why would she do this? Why would she do that? Man, I'm tripping, man. Mm-hmm. This is so hard. I'm really working hard. Blah, 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 blah. So we get to this check-in about two hours later. And I say, hey, you know, and honestly, I just want to pause here. Still as a man, raised the way I was raised, patriarchal society, you got to be the man. You can't show feelings. You can't show weakness. It is still hard to say when you did this, it made me feel this way. Mm-hmm. That is a hard thing. It's a hard sentence to utter. Mm-hmm. I feel weak doing it. I mm-hmm. don't feel manly doing it. I, That's nigga, vulnerability. I'm a, yeah, I'm a man. You can't hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. But my <laughs> some comedians say men be saying they ain't hurt and then they die of a stroke at 53 <laughs> because they got all that unexpressed yeah. hurt. So we have our check-in. I tell Melissa how I that, that made me feel. And her response was, uh, do you want me to tell your response? My response was, um, first of all, I, I apologize because I recognized that um, I was having a triggering moment and that wasn't what he was trying to um, 
project, but that was definitely the way that I received it. And the reason why is because it goes back to those stories that I'm always telling myself. So one of the, to provide a little bit of context, one of the stories that I'm constantly telling myself, and it's so funny because I think about conversations we had very early on in marriage and I didn't recognize what I was saying at the time, but I used to always say, you have such a takeover spirit. Do you remember that? Yes. I didn't realize. That's year one through three. I did not realize what I was truly saying as mm-hmm. much as I understand what I was the truly saying. Now. Yeah. What I, yeah. And I didn't even understand it. So anyways, um, the, one of the stories that I'm constantly battling for myself is battling the control of Kevin. And so I'm always working on like trying to like, I don't need you to like, I feel like you're, controlling me and I don't need you to do that and so in the moment it didn't feel like an invitation literally the image sometimes when I um, talk images come to mind and so the best way that I can explain it was it felt like he pushed me out on stage instead of inviting me inviting Mm -hmm. me on stage and that felt like it felt like control is what it felt like because it wasn't um melissa do you have anything you want to say it was melissa it's your turn to talk or melissa you can talk or something along those lines owning the process it felt like owning the process Mm -hmm. and so it triggered me and so i you know i was wrong in my response I had to recognize, well, why did I respond that way? Mm-hmm. And so we had to go through a um, a whole, like, I need to, and, you know, during the time where I could tell he was triggered, I'm like, okay, so obviously it's this. I responded this way. Okay, Melissa, why? What is going on with you that you snapped that way where maybe, and, and I recognize that wasn't his intent, but child, that was my interpretation, okay? Like, and you can't always help in the moment. No, your feelings uh, don't care about nothing. Yeah, your feelings come out, you know what yeah. I mean? And so um, I had to own, okay, I did that wrong. I am sorry. The reason I responded this way is because this is something that we've dealt with in our marriage. And in this moment, it felt like that. I understand that's not what you intended. I understand I was wrong, but that is how I felt. So how do we do better? And so what I had to do um, was model. But but let's be clear. Okay. I said how this is, this is key. I want you to Mm -hmm. get this. This is Mark Morris new saying that I want to adapt because he be saying and I'd be cracking up. I want you to get this. I said, how can I, right. Um, Make sure you're seen and heard. What best way right. does that feel like to right. you? And she said, and here's a good part. And I don't realize what we often do in marriage, we convey the emotion that we want our partner to do, but they don't necessarily take it that way. Correct. So Melissa said, what I want you to do, what would, what would make me feel better is, and I do this to you often. I was like, you do do that. Yeah. She said, I say, hey, before we make a decision, Kev, do you have something to say? Yeah. Melissa, would you do you want to talk first? Like she gave me like three or four different options. Like it could be like do, before do do you want me to talk first or do you want to talk? Uh before I say something, do you want to say something? Or say your whole thing, but before you give it back to the people, say, hey, but I, I talked first. Melissa, do you have something you right. want to say? And she said, if you notice, and this went back to another time where I triggered her earlier mm-hmm. in the week, and she said, when we had that thing. I, even though we were beefing in the moment, I still model this behavior. And mm-hmm. I told her, like, I didn't take that as modeling behavior. I should now do this. I just was like. And I, I didn't realize I was modeling it either. To be right, fair, you know what I mean? You right. don't realize that what you're doing is like, please do this back to me. You don't realize Listen, that. Listen, I have a funny joke about, and I'm not going to tell the whole thing, but 
one of my jokes on stage, and I really did this in our marriage. I covered myself in baby oil and wrote a note that said, come get this. Oh, Remember mm-hmm, this? Mm-hmm. And what I really wanted to do is I wanted to come home to you doing mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that's what I was doing. So anyway, once she said that, I said, okay, now I know that when I want to convey this to her, right, 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 it's not just saying, let's go, which is what I conveyed. Not my right. intention, but what I conveyed. Um, I can say any of these three things. And I just actually did it in this podcast a little while ago. I said, Hey, blah, blah, blah. So that, but that amount of like, mind you, this is, um, two days ago, three days ago, 21 of our relationship. Yeah. That part though. Going to (laughs) be year 17 of marriage. Mm -hmm. Right. We got married in 2004. Yes. Yes. Correct. It's going to be year 17 of marriage. And I've been telling y'all the amount of work that I've been doing. I feel like LeBron, I got to do a lot more work now than earlier. And the reason why is because Melissa wasn't doing this earlier. Melissa was just letting me run rampant, blah, blah, blah. So now I got to go back and do work that I, that I should have done early if things were on the up and up. But all that is happening in real time. And, you know, it's, it's, it's so important that we're both doing that. Because most of the time in marriages and relationships, we get triggered. We shut down. We're cold. We didn't want to talk about it. And then eventually we come out of it mm-hmm. later on. But that trigger, nothing happened. Your, right. your spouse doesn't know exactly why. You don't maybe not even know why. And you've given each other no better way to handle this. Right, right, right. So then it happens again the exact same way. Sure. And you in your mind, you're like, how oh, he didn't learn. Right, right, Last right. Last time that made me mad. And I'm thinking the same thing. And the whole time we're like, but you haven't said, hey, you did this and made me feel this way. This is actually a better thing to come. What were you trying to convey? Brene Brown calls it what? What story are you telling yourself? Yeah, the story, yeah the, what, the, the story that I'm telling myself. The story that you're telling yourself. And if that's not checked, then your mind will make you the victor a lot oh, of times. Oh, for sure. And make your partner the enemy. 100%. And they don't, have the, they don't have a chance to defend themselves or convey what they, what they said. So, um listen in this in this season i'm learning a lot of lessons and how to love my wife in this season of her life in our life where she's not gonna be i'm so handy she's not gonna be you've heard it yeah she's not gonna be letting me be takeover spirit boy we are breaking that part of our relationship Mm -hmm. but you know it's kind of like in uh when you lift weights in order to get stronger, you actually have to lift to muscle failure mm-hmm, to where you can't mm-hmm. like literally lift it. And somebody got to spot you because those muscles tear mm-hmm. and like rebuild stronger. But if you don't lift to failure, sure. you won't ever get to that. But that doggone failure part, when I was with Greg Lifson trying to get to 225, I thought I was going to doo-doo sometimes. <laughs> and Greg would be like, bro, I'm not even holding it. But you really got to, ex- you know, extend all of your energy and right. almost break in order to get stronger, but that's not a pretty process, but it's absolutely necessary. I've been killing this podcast. You today. have been doing fantastic. I am in my BAG. You feel me? I need to take a break and get some water. After yeah, okay. So okay. Kevin, what are you going to eat when you get home since you were so hungry? Oh, food. From? I'll probably be eating lemon mustard chicken from, from Green Chef. What can you tell me why you enjoy Green Chef meals? I like to not think about it. The majority of my life is a lot of thought. I don't want to have to think about my food options. I also don't want to have a lot of time to prep and do all that stuff. So with with Green Chef, I can see I'm having me some lemon mustard chicken 
Okay, it's going to take me 30 minutes to make it. It's 830 calories. Ooh, okay, nice. this is the information I need to know. The recipe card is right there. All the ingredients are right there. Mm-hmm. It's no thinking, no frills. I just need to cook it, eat it, and move on about my life. And I, it comes in a box. It's already packed, sealed. All I got to do is put that stuff in the refrigerator. When I'm hungry, go get my recipe card. What I'm finna eat? Lemon mustard chicken? Fix that up. Whip it, whip it, whip it good. Eat it, going about my day. And I like that so much with my Green Chef. There's a range of recipes to suit any diet or preference. Mm-hmm. Green Chef is the first USDA certified organic meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy and affordable with plans to fit every lifestyle heavy on the easy part. Yes. Um, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, or just looking to eat healthier, there's a range of recipes to suit any diet or preference. And pacifically and pacifically, uh, Valentine's Day is coming up sure and for is. those uh, men's who maybe have a hard time creating or curating a meal for mm-hmm. your significant other on this day. This is also a great way to create something that has variety. It's going to look exceptional. It's going to taste exceptional. And Chow, you didn't have to do no whole heck of a lot of a bunch of work. That's right. Liz. Go to greenchef.com slash lovehour90 and use code lovehour90 to get 90 whole entire U.S. Dwellers off, and that includes free shipping. Go to greenchef.com slash lovehour90 Love and 90. use code lovehour90 to get Love 90, 90. Dwellers off, including free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Eat well, be well, you feel me? Okay, so um, the last things on um, triggers that I want to say is that part of this that I found to be um, extremely uh, profound, and if I'm being completely honest, in the moment of realization, it made me a little sad, and there was a little grief involved. And then after that, uh, I came to a point of empowerment. And this is why I think these like relationship check-ins are so um, important is that um, I said, oh, wow, Kev, I feel like I'm actually at a point of like teaching you how to love me. And I got sad in the moment because I was like, well, girl, you've been married for a long time for Mm -hmm. just now to be a point where you feel like you're teaching someone how to love me or yeah, how to love me. And so I started thinking about, I got sad because I was like, well, what, what you been doing for all these, (laughs) what you been doing for all these years, girl. Mm -hmm. And so that did make me sad. And that was my self-reflective. And I also think that's why my therapist was like, girl, you got to calm down sometimes. I was like, I know I do. Right. Uh, But the other part, (laughs) Uh, within the self-reflection came a moment of empowerment because I realized that over the course of the last three years, mm-hmm. two or three, probably three years, I've gone through this rebirth. I've gone through this evolution. Rebirth of Miss Franklin. Jose. I was just about to say it. We were. And so I feel like um, a natural... <laughs> I gotta do my praise dance. (laughs) We get off topic in one Um, second. I realized that a natural, for me, what seems to be a very natural progression in this evolution, in this rebirth, is not only 
the acknowledgement and loving of myself, but it is now setting boundaries on how I want the world to interact with me. Yes. And I feel like that's what this, this particular phase in, and that came with a lot of um, excitement. It came with a lot of empowerment and came with, I was able to quickly get over the grief of what was because I'm excited for what the future will be. And the thing is in a husband of me, you have a person who is excited to learn to love the current version of you. Yeah. And we talked about this in the first Love Hour tour about, you know, being like a cell phone and getting the updated terms and conditions. Like if you if you are going to stay married to for a long time, you are going to grow and change. And if you want to stay happily married, you're going to have to invite your partner into uh, and tell them how to love the current version of you. Mm-hmm. Lissa, you know, 2021 and Lissa 2029, you're going to have to be like, all right, Kev, now this is how I want to do this. This yeah. is how I do. You know what I'm saying? Like, Lissa, the, the, the first year of marriage prior to any kids was a different person. Motherhood lists, mm-hmm. different person. Motherhood times two, different person. Yeah. Motherhood times two lost her parents. Uh, marriage, different person. They're both alive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like all you've always been teaching me how to love you. Yeah. This time probably is the most healthy and open version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can only blame yourself if you don't teach me. Listen, I agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> uh, and I, and and that's is part of it was what came with, um, you know, the sadness was recognizing um, the ownership that I have to take in silencing myself yeah you know what i mean and so uh there is a lot of 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 ownership that i do have Mm -hmm. to take in that and so i have to 100 percent of the ownership honestly in owning that i also have to um hold myself accountable to make sure that i'm speaking my needs aloud and more directly and so um so I say all of that to say that's how the mood kit started and kind of evolved into what it is for us today. And so I thought it might be a good idea because I, I know this episode was it may be chaotic. Maybe in the edit it won't be as chaotic no, as I it felt. I think we – it's a good through line. We, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We got off topic a little bit, but it's a podcast. Okay. We talk for an hour. We can't be just trigger, trigger, and open Winfrey show. Uh, the last thing I wanted to do is kind of like uh, explain the point of the – I'm not quite sure – Okay, stop. I'm not quite sure that there is um, something like specifically that we do, but maybe kind of how the relationship talks go. Yeah, sure. Relationship check-ins. So typically, and also if you're single, you should do self check-ins. You really should because the most important part is the analysis of the trigger. Yeah, I'm telling you, if I've gotten nothing else from therapy, this uh, particular gym uh is really it's really (laughs) beneficial for me because while i was doing the work of identifying um my trigger i wasn't doing the work of the pre and the post yeah and so all of that coupled together i think is such a healthy um way of analyzing yourself Mm -hmm. you know and so you're more able the other day um i was having a trigger and so you're able to like stop yourself and literally ask yourself okay what were we talking about 
Yep. What, what happened here? What turned in the conversation that it went from talking to like, now I triggered, like what happened there? And then what are these thoughts that I'm holding on yep. to that, um, that, and it's going to impact how you interact with the world. If you believe Absolutely. these things to be true. And you can so, also talk to me, uh, your coworkers. Oh yeah. Like, Hey, uh, I don't know how you usually operate, but you know, when you speak to people that way, when I get spoken to that way, it does not blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This is how I would like to be addressed. Like, I remember when I was at All Deaf, I wasn't as eloquent as you. I was just in there like, cause it was a startup and big, you know, big egos in the room. And I remember being like, listen, I have children. Mm-hmm. I won't be spoken to like a child. Uh, I'm yeah. a man with a mortgage just like y'all. Y'all might have millions of dollars. You're not finna just talk to me any old kind of way. That's the last time y'all hey, I got talked to. That. Like, I don't know who you think this is or who yeah. I was. I'm a man too. Yeah. I ain't rich. But don't think that money won't get somebody socked up. Hello? I, actually, I never said that. I'll quit this job. It was my thing. <laughs> I don't need it. But, but I, I do, though. And I think those are <laughs> the um, important things that. because you're okay. establishing boundaries. Yeah. yeah and you, people, sometimes people step on you and don't realize. Right. And we allow them to over and, and over and over. Listen, over, over, you step it. on my toe. I'm hey, hey, remember that video? You stepped on my toe. Wait, what video? Black dude in the train. No, oh, you yeah, yeah, stepped yeah, on yeah, my yeah, toe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was pissed. I don't remember. Um, so anyway, I think that the, no, the start of can we have a relationship check in? What I love about that, there's this thing called um, like soft injuries, I think is what it's called, or like a soft, a soft start. And it helps you soften what is going to be. Oh, I do remember. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's what actually what I thought it was. Okay. Yes. Um, it helps you soften what you know will be a hard conversation. Yes. So automatically going into a hard conversation, even sometimes something as simple as saying, okay, so this might be we're a hard have, conversation. You're going to have to have a tough conversation. This might be tough. Yep. Uh, this is difficult for me to say. Acknowledging that actually makes the conversation a little less difficult. Because you brace yourself. Yeah. And it allows the other person to as well. That's what I mean. Like yeah. the other person can brace themselves and say, okay, okay, I'm ready yeah. for that, you know? So, uh, and for me, the, okay, I need to have a relationship check-in. And I'm trying, even last night we were, I, we were like, you want to have a relationship check-in. And not that anything happened, but like, I don't always want it to be like, Okay, so we're happy. You know what yeah, I mean? I kind of yeah, yeah, want yeah, it to yeah, be yeah. like uh, an opportunity. Yesterday to say, was actually like was a good day. And it was a you good day. Did this and I want to say thank you. I did say that. No, I know. That's what I'm saying. And also, I, did I said, "Hey, I'm low key a little bit scared. Like we gotta oh, pay this stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, we that's a that's a vulnerability moment. Me admitting that I'm scared of something I would not have done prior to me learning right. vulnerability. I would have been like, "Nah, girl, we good." Mm-hmm. But prepar- pre- preparing. For the moment to refit the office, doing to keep your distance, like all that stuff worked. Right, right, right. But that still is a little like you're going into business with new people. Yeah. You're putting money. We put money into the racism office only to get kicked out after a year. Listen. You know what I mean? So next time we, we like a five year lease. Then what happened? Coronavirus. <laughs> Dang it. Three year lease. <laughs> so anyway, even sharing, on, we're having a great day, but I'm a little like, whoo, this is. The dream, this part became real. Because remember, the app wasn't a dream. Owning a soundstage wasn't technically a dream. I always wanted to make movies and TV shows, but actually owning a soundstage wasn't a a, a physical part of that dream. Right. That's a new thing. And we just got in on this lease. And now we got another lease. 
And then we got the home. And with the children finna be in college. First of that's all, why you did a lot of fast forwarding. No, that's how you next thing you know, they say what, 14? He's gonna be 15. I mean, he's gonna be 16 next year. That's how I always get my mind. He's gonna be 16 next year. Hello, let him get 15. And that's how it works. Let him get it. He's gonna be here in the 10th grade. I met you in the 11th. So they start. He's a freshman now. He's gonna be a junior Thursday. I'm fight you. (laughs) Uh, So it starts with simply saying that. And then um, what we've done is okay, so this is the event that happened, or this is the conversation that happened, or this is the triggering moment and then giving um the interpretation and allowing your partner your spouse or whoever to um respond and what that does at least for me is it helps to color it helps to offer a different perspective and again challenge the narrative that i gave to that i was telling myself and i think that's really beneficial because again you're it's not compounding which yeah. you already believe. It's yeah. not just providing supportive evidence for what you already believe. It allows like, hold on, girl, this ain't without a reasonable, a shadow of a reasonable doubt because I have a witness that might say something different. <laughs> so, um, and I need that. That's, you know, I'm not yeah. saying this is for everyone, but for me, I need that in order to just think about things a little bit different because you get can get so entrenched in your own storyline. Yep. You can get so entrenched in your own point of view that it's difficult to see it from a different perspective. Yes. And so this helps to, again, Again, allow yourself to Fill see it from a different perspective. In your and I think books. yes. And I think Although, at the also, end, also totally unrelated. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you we can end me. on this. Okay, Aaron Burr is probably really happy right now because he was like, "Boy, Trump, you are really you gonna take my place as one of the worst political figures in the United States history." Because this dog on Hamilton really destroyed my reputation was already bad. Yes. But Trump, he's out of here. Starting an insurrection, whoo! He turned over in his grave and said, "Appreciate you, appreciate you, brother." That's stupid. <laughs> Um, okay, so I think that's really it. I really hope that this was a helpful, beneficial episode that was just kind of off the cuff, but uh, real life, Kudos some of the to things. Thanks for coming up with this episode because your guests uh, had to reschedule an hour and a half or two hours before you were supposed to shoot. Yeah, that's about right. Not, uh, but ideal. I mean, yeah, but I mean, due to no, he was, I wish I could play you guys the voice note. Yeah, no, I'm not blaming scary. him. I'm yeah. just saying, like, as a producer, creative having to read come up with a whole ep- an hour is a long time it is when you to still come gotta up with take a you... shower and do your hair and do your yeah and drive 20 minutes but it's okay we figured it yeah, out we, figured it we out. worked Let's it talk. out we're grateful down i'm working low. on uh seeing Too the positivity slow. of things and not dwelling on the low. negative and so we figured it out and i thought this was good <laughs> and i figured i think it was helpful and i hope that you found it helpful and uh, that's it child and we're going to talk to y'all on the next episode all right okay bye, bye.